Accrediting Excellence, the international authority for professional coaching and mentoring, proudly presents both sides of the coin. Some people find it a boring necessity, others love to learn. Which camp are you in when it comes to continuing professional development? Whether you've been coaching for 18 months or 18 years, it's vital that your coaching skills are constantly developed, sharpened and expanded. In today's podcast, we'll find out more about CPD with an option that may be right for you. Welcome to Both Sides of the Coin, a podcast produced by the IAPC and M. We're a leading accreditation body and our aim is to increase public confidence and to raise industry standards by enforcing a rigorous accreditation process that ensures the quality of professional coaches and mentors. The podcast is aptly named Both Sides of the Coin because we talk to both a coach or mentor and one of their clients to explore both sides of the coaching mentoring intervention, what works and what doesn't. As the proverb says, iron sharpens iron. Before we get started, let me introduce myself. I'm Jenny Butter, your host and an accredited senior coach, and I've been coaching for eight years, many in the area of career transitions and life coaching. Joining me today are Michelle Lucas and her client, Katie Ellis. Michelle is the founder of Greenfields Consultancy. She's a supervisor, coach and lecturer, and also provides coaches with a range of flexible CPD options. Her client, Katie, is a senior civil servant within the UK government. Over the past year, as part of her job, Katie has been coaching staff who also work for civil service. This prompted her to develop her coaching skills and she's looking forward to applying what she's learnt. Welcome both of you. I'll start with you, Michelle, and then I'll flip over the coin and talk to Katie. Michelle, please tell me about yourself. Um, thanks for the introduction. That covered a lot of the bases. I guess what's important is, from a professional point of view, I started off life in psychology uh, and then moved to HR, had a career in HR for about 20 years, sort of working my way through the ranks. And it was in those final few years that I started to develop my coaching skills, where I was doing a lot of one-to-one work with the board and uh, senior managers because they were sort of leading change, but also going through their own personal change. So they, they needed a confidential sounding board. Um, and then I left corporate life and went independent and continued to develop my coaching skills and ultimately developed as a coach supervisor. And one of the things that still tickles me is that in recent years, I've become a published author. And it tickles me because I was really pretty rubbish <laughs> at English language and in English literature at school. So there's nobody more surprised than me that I can put a few words together and other people enjoy reading it. And at a personal front, I live in Weymouth in Dorset. I'm married. I've got three adult stepsons and I've got two dogs. It's a lovely thing living by the sea. So why do you think that for coaches, CPD is important? When you think about the variety of coaches, coaching clients that we have you know no two people are the same and therefore you know the way in which we support them um, is can't be cookie cutter approach not in not in my book anyway so there's a sort of continual search for new ways of supporting people who you know who have um, characteristics or qualities or or preferences that perhaps you're not um, so used to so there's this kind of continual thirst for 
finding ways of working that are going to enable you to support a broader range of clients. But I also think there's a kind of, you don't want to be a magpie and you don't need a massive, massive toolkit. There's, there's also something about, you know, sticking with uh, a range of things that you can practice, you can embed and, you know, do deep dives with. So it's not just about what they now call, I think, sort of uh, horizontal learning. It's about vertical learning, which is really kind of deepening the understanding of, 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 uh, of your skills and your, you know, your approaches. And so please could you expand on that a bit? One of the important thing about when we extend our kind of skill set, perhaps with our clients in mind, most training courses um, invite you to use this new approach on yourself. And that's actually pretty critical because, you know, if as a helping practitioner, I'm not self-aware, I'm not in a very good place to serve others. So we might start out in our quest for new um, approaches because we want to use them with clients. But actually, to begin that process, we do work on ourselves. And, you know, in <laughs> I, I look at myself as a case in point, you know, I'm always going to be a work in progress. There's always stuff that I could work on. And when I do that, it has a, a twofold benefit. One, it develops my own um, self-awareness. But two, it really helps me build my credibility when I'm thinking about briefing a client because I kind of know what it's going to be like on the other end. Not completely, of course, because where we started this conversation is that you know, our clients are massively different from each other and from ourselves. But it's that kind of dual, dual purpose. You know, we, we do it with our clients in mind, but we also develop our own self-awareness. That's really insightful. Thank you. So if you're somebody who struggles to learn um, or you find it boring, how can the thought of CPD be made more fun? Well, I think it's really important to understand your learning style. You know, um, um, there's four kind of main uh, sort of preferences or approaches you know you've got your activists that like doing your, your theorists that like reading and looking at frameworks you've got your pragmatists that really need to understand the point and you've got your reflectors that kind of nearly need to sort of mull things over and cogitate on things a bit before they're ready to have a go and I think you know a common flaw is that helping um, practitioners or you know even our education system they make some assumption on how people like to learn there's absolutely no point in the world in me offering a you know an interesting article to a client if if they're a pragmatist or an activist they don't want to sit and read they want to go and have a go so it's about first of all knowing the kind of method of learning that's going to appeal to you um, and then, you know, just learning by mistakes, really. So you might have got the right kind of activity, but have you got the right kind of support to do that activity well? Some people, you know, I just joined a book club, for example, because I'm rubbish at actually um, dedicating time to reading a book. It's always there and I'll always do it in a moment, but something else comes up. So knowing that about myself, I joined a book club earlier on this year and it, it's really helping my self-discipline because I will read it because I know I'm going to then have to talk about it with my colleagues. So it's things like that, that, you know, watching yourself, seeing what works for you, what doesn't work for you, and then building on that. And the same is true if you're in a coaching situation. You know, if, you, if you're working with a client, really finding out what kind of things are landing for them and being prepared to adjust when, you know, for some reason they didn't get around to it. That, that's useful data. What did they do instead is usually my question. Thank you. So there are many free CPD resources out there. When should coaches pay and when should they access free learning? 
I think there's a, a step before that, actually. I think um, it's very tempting. And I think I've noticed in recent months, you know, there's an awful lot of free stuff out there. Um, and I'm not saying that it's not interesting or valid or useful, but I would take the view that we really need to have a strategic and kind of proactive approach to our development. Um, when I was in corporate, we every you know six months we did development reviews with our our team, and that gave focus and structure and plan to what the development agenda would look like. And I think that has to come first. You know, we can't take a scattergun approach to CPD and expect it to be really meaningful. That's not to say we'd not have lots of interesting conversations and information, but we really need to sit down and think about, well, what's my sort of strengths profile and how might I want to leverage it? You know, what are my development areas and what are the gaps that I need to fill? Then when we look at what's available, we're much more kind of targeted in where we spend our time and where we spend our money, to your point. So please do tell me about the CPD that you offer. Well, um, the CPD that I offer is um, a kind of bite-sized version of a program that I ran for in-house HR people originally. And it's kind of like a foundation approach to coaching. Um, the program was originally kind of nine to um, 12 months long, and it covered the kind of three building blocks of coaching relationships. You know, how do you set them up? How do you create insight? And then how do you close them out? because I think that's one thing that's important about our coaching relationships. They're finite, generally speaking. So that was a module in three parts. And what I've effectively I've done is done that, put that into bite-sized chunks. I think there's 11 webinars, including the kind of briefing and assignment briefing and stuff like that. People can um, do one webinar at a time where, you know, they do it, they think about it. They do a, not quite an assignment, but in a kind of, a kind of learning summary, a learning review to see what they've um, taken from it. And when they've done that, they get the next one. So my intention is for it to be paced at, along with the individual. There is a cohort when there's more than people, you know, one person doing it. Um, and, and we do triads to bring people together. But effectively, every student or delegate is working at a pace that is right for them. And which learning styles does it suit? We're trying to doing it all. So there's, you know, there's um, intention is to have practice clients going on in the background. So everything that's in the webinars um, is uh, uh, hints and tips to how you might work with those practice clients. There's articles that are offered for the people that are more theoretical. I also build in supervision with me individually and me with a group. So there's opportunity for reflection as well. So, you know, different elements will appeal to different learning styles, but over the whole of the programme, there's a little bit of everything in there. Thank you. Let me flip over the coin now and speak to Katie, who's um, been training with you, Michelle. Katie, tell me about yourself. Thanks, Jenny. So um, I'm a, a civil servant and I've, I've been in the civil service for 20 years uh, now, working in a range of roles um, in central government. And um, in the last three years, I've been living in Japan with my husband and, and two small children. And whilst I was living in Japan, my, um, my employer back in London were very enlightened and supportive and said, look, you know, you can work for us, but remotely. So I did that on very curtailed hours because of the time difference because I was essentially working in a UK role but just from my spare bedroom in, in Tokyo um, and one of the things that we ended up 
uh, doing quite a lot of was was coaching. Now, at this point, I hadn't really had any formal coaching training. I mean, I'd been on lots of leadership uh, courses, and I suppose I'd received coaching myself, and I'd kind of generally employed a sort of coaching leadership and management style. But I really felt that I wasn't a sort of uh, professionally trained coach. But I, I did some coaching with a number of individuals um, and really, really enjoyed it. And I found it was something that lent, lent itself very well to that kind of remote working, uh, which of course, you know, given the COVID context, many of us are doing much more of that now anyway. Um, and so it was that really that prompted me to, to um, see what I could do to kind of deepen my skills and to take up um, some CPD um, on coaching, which is what I've been really enjoying. And so what attracted you to what Michelle offers? Well, I mean, it's as you sort of alluded to earlier, Jenny, it's quite a crowded marketplace. And I think as a newcomer to it, it's quite um, difficult to ascertain what um, quality is. I mean, it's quite a, um, the accreditation systems are quite complicated if you're new to the field. Um, and I felt quite strongly that the, the kind of quality of what I was buying was important and the credibility with um, my future employers. So the sort of signaling that I'd done something that was, you know a quality offering so actually as with many of these things it's word of mouth um so michelle was recommended to me my by my hr director who um michelle had actually supervised when she'd done a coaching course so that kind of gave me great confidence i think and obviously in meeting michelle and hearing about the course the other thing was that it worked perfectly for me because um in the in the middle of this um course i've been moving from tokyo back to the UK. So the flexibility of the approach where it's all online, um, where I can, you know, adjust the pace so that I can take a bit of a pause, you know, as we manage the move and then uh, pick up again has been has been perfect. And actually, I think there's surprisingly few um, good quality um, courses that offer that kind of um, flexible approach. That's a great recommendation for Michelle there. From what you've learned to date, what are you most excited about applying? Well, that's a tough one. I think, um, I suppose it's, it's making a transition from seeing yourself just as a, a kind of good manager who, you know, is a supportive and empowering of people um, to someone who maybe has some professional expertise in coaching. And I think coaching can be quite an amorphous, uh, term particularly you know it may be a mainstream management and leadership uh, but I think there's there's something about feeling that you've got a well evidenced um, set of tools and techniques in your sort of toolkit uh, that can give you a lot of confidence when you're approaching a, a management issue and it can help you know Michelle talked about not being a cookie cutter approach uh, where we're treating everyone the same. I think we can all quite easily get stuck into a kind of rut with a particular management or leadership approach or when we're coaching someone outside of a, a management relationship. And so I think having um, some sort of theories and techniques to rest on um, gives you a great way of looking at a situation afresh. And I also think what Michelle said about examining ourselves has been a big takeaway from the program because almost by improving your coaching skills, you end up improving your own performance and um, effectiveness as a kind of person anyway. You know, you, you, you start your almost sort of self-coaching as you, as you go through the course. So I think that's really exciting that it kind of gives you a little bit more confidence and 
um, almost resilience as you encounter a new set of challenges. Like for me personally, with, with you know, I'm going back into work in the UK, uh, resettling a family here, moving house, all of those things. And I think having this to um, underlie that kind of gives you a bit of a foundation. But what about a concrete example within that? Give people an example of what you've learned that you're going to apply to yourself personally. I think a concrete example would be um, the learning styles that Michelle talked about. So. I mean, I think I knew this anyway, but when I did the, um, the psychometric test on this, I came out very strongly as a theorist. And I know that I, um, that's somebody I think who likes to sort of think things through before they do it. So really the opposite of learning by doing. So I'm the kind of person when you get the IKEA flat pack, I read all the instructions start to finish before I attempt it. Unlike my husband who just has a, has a crack and then discovers on page four that he hasn't got you know, the right piece of equipment or whatever. I do like to think things through in advance, but I can also overthink things through. And actually sometimes you just need to jump in at the deep end. So whether it's planning this very complicated set of things I've got to plan now around school places and um, houses and jobs and commutes, you know, sometimes it's learning that you can't get everything right, um, you know, in theory first, and you just have to take it a step at a time and, you know, plunge in with, you know, two feet first into the deep end. One final question for you, Katie. You're just starting on the coaching journey and the IOPCM is a, an accreditation body. What are your thoughts on coaches being accredited as somebody that hasn't yet done that yourself? Well, I mean, I think accreditation's really important. I think with all of these kind of interventions, the quality of the intervention is what makes the difference between it, it's, it being useful and otherwise. And I, I do think there's quite a lot of poor quality coaching that you see um, in the world generally, which you know, can sometimes do harm really, rather than benefit, or at least you know, doesn't do the benefit that perhaps is, perhaps is promised. So. I'm really strongly in favour of accreditation. I do think the current accreditation systems are pretty complicated and it doesn't necessarily help to have things like sometimes bodies being accredited, sometimes people being accredited, sometimes content being accredited. And I, I do think it's really very complicated and difficult for customers, so potential coaches or organisations buying in coaches to work out what the best accreditation route is and I, I kind of appreciate that is a, not an easy one to solve and actually that's probably something people have been talking about you know ever since coaching became a more sort of mature uh, discipline I suppose but uh, you know the, 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 my plea would be for kind of greater simplicity so that the badge of the accreditation had more meaning um, to the people who you know need to use it. And that's great feedback as well and insight for the IOPCM. Thank you, Katie. If you'd like coaching with Michelle, then you can be contacted at greenfieldsconsultancy.co.uk. We're confident that anybody who attains an international authority for professional coaching and mentoring accreditation will be among the very best the profession has to offer. So if you're someone who's interested in having some coaching or mentoring and want to find an accredited coach, mentor or training provider, or if you're a professional who's interested in becoming accredited, then please go to our website, coach-accreditation.services. And finally, if there's a topic that you would like me to cover on future episodes of Both Sides of the Coin, then I would love to hear from you. My email, journey.podcast at coach-accreditation.services. Bye for now.